and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I am Alex Jensen. With me here, I have Zach Dietz. Zach, last week, not the smoothest week for the uh, Juicy Deets Podcast betting lines, but we never got to record. Our schedules didn't sync up and I think it's for the best because uh, I think it was both of our worst weeks of the year so far. It was my first sub 500 week and almost took me under sub 500 on the year another sub 500 for you unfortunately he's uh zach's tanking he's tanking for the number one overall pick next year currently currently but uh they're bringing a new oc Just like the giants yeah yeah i think if zach goes above 500 this one giants getting their first w it's just a fact it's connected but uh how you doing today man I'm doing good, but yeah, um, fortunately we weren't able to sync up last week for the betting pod. We apologize to all the listeners. Uh, we've actually got a really good thousands. for the yeah the the millions of them sound like the rock right now. But you know, a lot of people <laughs> enjoy the betting pods, our analysis that we provide, and me and Alex love doing that. So sorry that we weren't able to do it last week. We did post our pods at the Juicy Deets Twitter account at Juicy Deets NFL. So please give us a follow. And yeah, basically what you said, probably a blessing in disguise. We did not record. <laughs> I think it, it might almost be worse that we didn't record. And so people don't know how he <laughs> arrived at the picks, just <laughs> pulling names out of a hat or something. But uh, yeah, it was brutal. I know for me personally, I, I started off super excited because I did well on the 10 o'clock slot. And then I went 0 for 8 on the picks on the 1 o'clock slot. So, you know, I, I've got that edge this week. I'm motivated. I'm ready. I'm like angry Aaron Rodgers here. I'm, I'm ready to do this. So uh, time to put together an MVP week. And we're going to start that off. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars under some turmoil right now. Trevor Lawrence already already a bust. No one thinks it's going to be anything. Former number one pick. Yeah. Uh, it's just not great in Jacksonville. Obviously, we were high on Lawrence. But uh, they are visiting the Cincinnati Bengals who have a seven-and-a-half point edge. Not something that I expected to see this year at all coming into the year. But here we are. Zach, I'm going to let you start off. Bengals seven and a half point edge. Who are you taking in this one? Oh, well, first, just to go into the matchup quickly. I mean, the teams aren't that great. And who knows about Cincinnati? I mean, I shouldn't really be saying that. They're two and one. They have a couple of really good wins. I mean, Vikings and Steelers wins against those teams, especially for a team that I believe you and me both projected to finish last. I mean, good job on Zach Taylor. I mean, they could easily be 0-3 right now. He could be out of a job by next month, but they're looking much improved. Um, I like the Bengals in this matchup still at home. I know Thursday night games could get weird. I understand there's a lot of injuries. I'm pretty sure it came out today that Jesse Bates and Shadobe Awuzie are out for this game. Or Awuzie is doubtful, so... But I'm Higgins pretty sure well. he's not going to play. Yes, T. Higgins uh, have a lot of fantasy stock in him, so not very happy about that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I just look at this matchup, and it's super fun. Obviously, we get the last two number one overall picks. Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence going back to back. And um, it's kind of crazy to think about it that Joe Burrow, like, you look at it, and he's in just such a better situation than Trevor Lawrence is right now, Alex. And, you know, we went into the year looking at the Jaguars, and we didn't really factor in just, like, a mess. How big of a mess, like, the coaching's been. You know, going into mm -hmm. the year, I didn't think the Jaguars were going to be very good. But you have Trevor Lawrence, and, I mean, their skill position players aren't bad. James Robinson was good. You got Marvin Jones, who signed there. LaVisca, DJ Shark, a solid old line. I mean, nothing special wouldn't kill you, but it's just... As a result, Tebow. Trevor, yeah, Tebow, Rip, hopefully, maybe he'll go back to Binghamton, but uh, no, but yeah, I mean, you look at this Jaguars team, and it's just a complete mess, and I know it's kind of weird, I mean, this could be, with so many secondary injuries for Cincinnati, a big breakout spot for Lawrence, but I mean, everything we've seen from the coaching staff and the defense, 
especially trading away C.J. Henderson earlier this week. It's just, I don't know, this looks like another year that the Jaguars are going to be picking top five, which may be best for the future of this team getting another blue chip player. But just for this matchup, I'm going to lean with the Bengals. And yeah, this was an interesting line for me. I think definitely the coaching turmoil is the real concern here. And then a bit just Trevor Lawrence, you can kind of tell he came from an offense that wasn't asking him to make NFL throws at Clemson. It's just not what the offense was that, that year. And we're kind of seeing teams maybe get smart to it this year with uh, DJU over there. So he's just trying to figure out which throws he can get away with and which throws he can't right now. Urban Meyer, kind of similarly, he chose to go with a kind of crew of fired NFL veterans who had been around the league for a long time. And it seemed to me kind of tried to change who he was. And I, I kind of wish I would have gotten to see what would happen if he took, you know, handpicked the guys that he thought he could bring with him from the college ranks. And he'd been out for a year. I mean, he's rusty. There's a lot going on there. To me personally, the trade of CJ Henderson was a good sign for them because one, as strange as it is, Dan Arnold is like a huge need for them. Like he's not a great player in a vacuum, but when you consider what they had there, he's, he's actually a pretty needed piece. And also I just think, C.J. Henderson in the locker room, it just wasn't working. That's clear. Whether you, however you feel about him on the field, it wasn't working in the locker room. So I think this could be some sign of maybe Urban Meyer getting control of this team in the locker room, which doesn't seem to have been a thing there. The biggest thing for me is how many members of the secondary are banged up for this Bengals team. If Jesse Bates was there, I would be 100% in on the Bengals because I think that he is the perfect safety to have hanging over there for what Trevor Lawrence has been through his first three weeks. That being said, seven and a half points, giving me more than a full touchdown. I'm going to go with the Jags here. So it's risky. I don't feel great about it. Taking the Jags though. Over under 46 points in this one. Well, if you started off, Zach, over under. Yeah. I mean, I should have alluded to this before. I don't feel great about this line with the injuries. I just think Jacksonville is just such a mess. I don't, feel great about this. It could kind of go either way. Um, yeah, but in terms of the over-under, it's another thing I don't feel great about and kind of ties into the Thursday night theme. Like, these games could get so weird because you look at these two teams, not the best defenses, especially Cincinnati with the injuries. And, like, so, I mean, on paper, this should be, like, a high-scoring game. But, I mean, I could totally see, you know, both teams kind of stumbling. I guess I just kind of trust Cincinnati more to score more efficiently. And I don't, it's not like Jacksonville is going to get shut out by this defense. So I like the over in this one. I do as well. I do as well. I think that you're going to see two quarterbacks kind of slinging it, uh, given what's there right now. I think that with the injuries to Higgins and the kind of learning hurdles for Lawrence, I think you're going to see more turnovers than stalled drives in this one, which always makes me want to go with the over. Even Burrow had that three picks in a row series the other week. So, yeah, I'm with you on the over on this one. Unity on the pod. Next up, we have the Washington football team at the Atlanta Falcons. Football team, the one-point edge here. Falcons coming off of a win. I felt pretty good about taking the football team in this one personally. I, I almost made it my lock of the week. I didn't end up doing it, but I came close. I just think that football teams had kind of a rough stretch of things. I think they're a better team than just getting one point against the Falcons, even on the road. I mean, they're both East Coast teams. That Falcons offensive line isn't making me feel amazing. Matt Ryan's arm is not making me feel amazing, so I don't think he's going to be pushing it vertically against this team. I do think they have the athletic linebackers to kind of neutralize some of the weapons that uh, the Falcons want to use over the middle. I think that they can double Ridley pretty effectively and just take away any of the weapons they really have on in, on uh, offense. And I think defensively, I think Heineke's kind of just going to be a boomer bust baller. And I think against this Falcons defense, he has a chance to really pick them apart. So I, I like, I like the football team here. Uh, no. Yeah. It's another line that I agree with you. I'm very confident in, um, I feel like we're kind of disvaluing the football team or not really disvaluing because, you know, a lot of people pick them to win the NFC East and, you know, me being the fully objective Giants fan that I am. I did think Quite Dallas objective. was going <laughs> to <ve> – <laughs> most objective. I did think Dallas was going to win the division. 
Uh, just felt like they were the best team, and that that's looking pretty good right now. Uh, the defense has been a concern. Um, they actually allowed Jason Garrett to score more than 20 points and the Giants on them two weeks ago, which is, you know, probably a code red sign for any NFL team <laughs> at this point. But I look at the biggest match mismatch in this game, and it might be the biggest mismatch of the week, and it's that Washington defensive line against this Falcons offensive line that has just been really abominable this year. Like, there is so much bad offensive line play this year that, you know, teams like the Falcons kind of get lost in the mix, but they have uh, done a very, very poor job so far this year, and I like a lot of those guys. Um, you know, outside of Chris Lindstrom, who's been an absolute stud, like Jake Matthews looks like he may have taken a step back. Jalen Mayfield should probably not be starting right now. And I was never a big Caleb McGarry fan. Sorry about that, Alex. I know he was your uh, – I'm, I'm actually not either. I was shocked when they made that pick, to be honest with you. Yeah, you're a liar. It was your OT one. But anyway, I just look no. at this team and <laughs> I look at I this team. I didn't like either of the tackles and... on that team. Yeah, me neither, really. But anyway, um, no, yeah, I just look, I look at Washington and I. it goes back to kind of what I said between Jags and Bengals. Like, I just trust Washington's offense with those weapons to score more consistently against Atlanta. Plus that mismatch on the – in the trenches, I will comfortably take – Washington football team. Yeah, I'm completely with you there. Over under for this one, 48, which is fair to me. I had a bit of a hard time picking this one. I, I could see a situation in which you get a lot of garbage time points for Atlanta and you get the football team kind of scoring a lot early and it becomes a high scoring game. I could also see it being a game where both offensives just struggle a lot like they have for most of the year. That being said, I'm going to take the under here. I, I think that overall, I just don't trust the, I guess, firepower of Matt Ryan's offense right now, especially with some of the weaknesses they have against that defensive line. And I also don't really trust Heineke to be efficient enough to put up a ton of points. So I, I got to go under here. I think it's a fair line, though. I didn't feel super confident in it. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you here. But like I said, or like what you said, it's kind of tough. Uh, you know, these are two teams that have the potential to score a lot, even with Washington starting Taylor Heineke, who I think is probably one of the better backups in the league. And obviously no one expected the Falcons to be this poor offensively so far. But I feel like this could be a breakthrough week for both teams. You know, I think I do think even though the Falcons will lose this game, they should get the offense running. And because I have that belief, like, if I'm saying, like, hypothetically they score, like, 24 to 27 points and Washington scores, like, I don't know, like, 31 or something like that, a little more than that. But I 46 – or I'm sorry, 48. Yeah, 48. It still 48. feels a little low. Yeah, 48 feels a little low to me. So I'll, t- I'll take the over here. Yeah, I get it. Like I said, very close one. The biggest line of the week by a massive margin here, more than double the second highest line is we've got the Texans going up to Buffalo and visiting the Bills. 16-and-a-half-point line for the Bills. It's just ridiculous. It is. I think if you like teasers where you want to tease a line down a little bit, I think this is probably the matchup for you. That being said, I'm, I'm rolling Bills here. I just – I don't trust Davis Mills visiting a team that I think is really good on both sides of the ball. I think – uh AJ Epinesa, I believe, is number two in the league right now at get-off time and much lighter this year. He looks looks like a different player. Their whole defense looks fantastic. I don't think the Texans have the weapons to stop that pass rush at all really right now. I don't think they have the weapons to attack defense, and the offense is clicking again. Josh Allen was amazing last week. The Bills aren't the type of team that likes to slow down the game and grind it out. They'll blow you out. If they're going to play well, they're going to keep playing well because all they know how to do is pass. So uh, I'm going Bills here. I I think that they'll cover the uh, ridiculous 16.5-point spread, but always a little nervous picking a spread like that. No, yeah. um, Let's see. You know, I've been touted as, you know, the resident Texans homer of the podcast. I've picked that against the spread first three weeks. Accredited. Yes, and this week I'm going to take the Bills. And what? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I'm <laughs> going to take the Bills in this game. Doesn't feel great. Um, there goes the not. Houston market. 
Yep, there goes our Houston market. Nah, but in all seriousness, like the ta- especially with David Davis Mills starting, like this line is so big. Like obviously you're gonna like overthink it a little bit, but you really shouldn't. Buffalo's insane. Josh Allen got back on track last week. They had a couple tough games to start the year, but I mean, there's there's no reason why the Bills shouldn't kill the Texans this week. If that that's really my analysis, and I do respect Tech. The Houston defense a little bit, you know, the defense has not been that bad. But when you're going against Josh Allen and guys like Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, who's been good, and the running back duo, like Zach Moss, who was a healthy scratch, him and Devin Singletary have looked really good running behind the line. The Bills look like one of the top three teams in the AFC once again. So I will comfortably take them to win by two touchdowns and a field goal. And that kind of leads us nicely into my lock of the week. The over-under on this one is 48 points. I am slamming the over on this one. I think that there's no chance this defense is going to stop Josh Allen. I really don't – unless Josh Allen stops Josh Allen, which we've seen happen this year, I I just think they're going to score maybe 48 points by themselves this week. And the Texans, for everything they've been, their offense has been much better than I expected. Davis Mills, it's been a little bit worse with. But that being said, I mean, Brandon Cooks has been good. They've been running the ball while they got savvy veterans there. And I just think that there's going to be some garbage time points. There's going to be a lot of plays because this is a team that likes to pass the ball a ton in Buffalo. And I just think Tim Kelly has done a pretty tremendous job as the offensive coordinator on the Texans ever since he got there. And I, to me, like he's been one of the better schemers this entire year, given the weapons he has. So I'm locking up the over on this one. Yeah, I mean, I hate doing this. I hate when like one of our <laughs> locks is different from the other. I'm just going to take the under on this. Uh, you bring up the garbage time was something I thought of in this game. Because like I said, I do think Buffalo is going to have their way with this Texans team. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with my guns, so I'll go with the under. You know, like I said, I don't feel great about it, but... You know, I just – I look at Davis Mills against a an experienced Bills defense, coordinated very well, and I just think they're going to give him fits all week. And I understand, like, Brandon Cooks, he's awesome. There's nothing really else going on on that <laughs> offense as of right Valid. now. So, yeah, I mean, like, I would not be surprised if the Texans don't crack double-digit points unless there is – garbage time like I could totally see this being a game where it's like I don't know like I, I'm about to get the under and then in the last two minutes you know becomes like 35 to 14 after a Texans touchdown I'm like damn it but now nah, I'll stick to my guns here I'll go with the under all right all right you're already going against my first lock this there's gonna be some fun uh fun debate coming into next week then gonna make that game a little extra fun to watch let you take this one We've got the Detroit Lions at the Chicago Bears. Bears hanging three points at home. Perhaps one of the last eight games at Soldier Field, from what I've heard. Zach, are you taking in this one? Yeah, I mean, pretty sad uh, about Soldier Field. But, you know, from what I hear about Bears, from Bears fans, it seems like the best um, move in terms of, you know, like the space and like the attendance in the arena or whatever. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the Bears Minus three at home, coming off probably the worst offensive performance you and I have ever seen throughout our entire lives watching National or know, National Football League football. Sounded really stupid. NFL football. <laughs> anyway, um, listen, the Bears can't possibly have a worse offense than they did last week. Uh, Matt Nagy, I believe he's minus 200 for uh, first coach fired. And, I mean, that bet's looking pretty good if you got that at lower odds or higher odds over the offseason. I think the Bears' offense will be better. I think Justin Fields will look a lot better if he plays. I do believe he will come out playing, but I like the Lions in this game. And this might be an overreaction to playing the Ravens really good last week. I mean, I could not be... I would not be surprised if the Lions offense falters once again and the defense doesn't look good. But even if that defense falters, like, are we really trusting this Bears offense? I get they will improve. I mean, they have to improve. They have to. And, like, I don't know, man. I just, it'll be a close game no matter what. Three points is very is very little, but 
I like the Lions to win this game, and I would, as of right now, I'm picking them outright to win the football game. Dan Campbell gets his first win. Going to bite some kneecaps. Ws. Yeah, I, I think for me this game is a bit of a toss-up, so I went with the Lions as well here. I think that right now the Lions are the better coach team, I would say. I think that Justin Fields, man, like that was a worst-case scenario for a first start for him, going up against that defensive unit with his offensive line. And he's the type of quarterback who does like to hold on to the ball and is – you know, learning how to process at an NFL level, I would say. I still love Justin Fields. He was my quarterback, too, in the class. I'm, I'm not low on him at all. I think that he's going to be much better this week. I do think that. I don't think the Lions have the speed guys like Miles Garrett and Clowney coming off the edge. Uh, JOK with an like, amazing, like, God-tier read for a sack. It was just, you know, it, it was a brutal game. Brutal game for him for what it was. But I think this is going to be a bounce-back week for him. I just think that the Lions are the better coach team. They've got more savvy veterans. They've got a much, much, much better offensive line. And I, I got to go with the Lions here. The line, 42 points. One of, if yeah, it's the lowest of the week. Going over or under on this one. This is an easy call for me personally. Yeah, and looking at the sheet that we have, I, I'm going to agree with you. Sorry to spoil your pick. But I'm going to take the over here. Uh, I know we talked about the poor offenses, but, you know, Jared Goff has been, you know, slinging it. He's been racking up the yardage. They've been scoring rather decently. I mean, I'm not going to fold the Lions for not – their defense was good against Baltimore. The offense wasn't that good. But, you know, the Bears' defense has kind of taken a step back, and 42 just feels really low. And I get the Bears have the worst offense in the NFL, but I don't know, man. 42 is super low. I feel like on lines like that that don't have, like – like, if the Bears were playing the, I don't know, Steelers, then maybe I'd think about taking the under. I just, I'll never feel comfortable with it, so I'll take the over here. Yeah, I'm slamming the over. This is almost my lock of the week, personally. I think that, especially on offense, the Lions are a well-coached team. They don't really have the playmakers yet, the personnel in place, but they're a well-coached team. And I think that the Bears, honestly, Nagy's not terrible as a schemer for me. It was just a nightmare situation last week. I think Fields, especially with the weapons he has there, it's going to look a lot better this week going against up a very, very porous, maybe even like the worst in terms of efficiency, if I remember correctly, in the league Detroit Lions defense. So I, I think we're going to see points scored, and it's still a bit of rivalry regardless of what their win-losses are. So definitely a coach trying to make his mark, coach trying to save his job. We're going to see scoring in this. So definitely going over here. This is going to be a fun one, I think, the next matchup. Panthers. At the Cowboys, Panthers have kind of been my team this year. Haven't picked against them yet, but the Cowboys got a five-point edge at home. Cowboys have looked pretty good, especially on offense, and I think Carolina's looked like one of, if not maybe the best defense, and they just add C.J. Henderson. That's not going to hurt them, at least this week. Uh, They look fast. They look good. This is going to be an interesting matchup, strength on strength. I'm going with the Panthers again. They haven't set, let me down yet this year. I picked them all three times. I'm picking them again. I just love this team, man. And I might look stupid because Dallas is, I think, on paper, the better team. I think Matt Rule is the better head coach by one of the mass, most massive margins in the NFL. I, I don't believe in McCarthy at all. I think his assistants are both better coaches than him, which helps. But I, I think this is going to come down to coaching. And I think I'm going to take the Panthers outright in this one. Uh, but – I can see how it could go wrong because I believe a whole lot in that Cowboys offense, Dak Prescott, and the defense looks a whole lot better, I will say. They have really settled nicely into that Dan Quinn defense. Yeah, um, this is my lock of the week. I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. And this might be a hot take. Sorry, all the Panthers fans out here. My little brother (laughs) is actually a Panthers fan. So, Jake, if you're listening to this, sorry, buddy. Love you, but. I'm just not sold on the Panthers, man. I know you like them because you're a Seattle fan. You see a lot of the parallels when, you know, Legion of Boom, they were younger like that. They got Scott Fitterer I do. There. I and really you know do. What? You know what? Props to Scott Fitterer because some of the moves he made in free agency and, I mean, he was getting shellacked that first day. Some of them like Cam Irving and I forget a couple other moves that he made, but I just want to be like, yuck. Pat F-line. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I look at this Cowboys team and – 
here's where I think, you know, this could this is a big overthink game. One, they're at home. Two, you brought up the coaching disparity. Yes, I think Matt Rule's better than Mike McCarthy. I'm not a big Mike McCarthy fan as a head coach. Between Joe Brady and Kellen Moore, I think it's fairly close, in my opinion. Like Kellen Moore has done an insane job in terms of the offenses this year. Yeah, Panthers home are giving me that. I like Kellen Moore, don't get me wrong. He was almost UW's offensive coordinator, and that still kills me. I just, Joe Brady is that dude. No, yeah. No, Joe Brady is that dude. I would probably take Joe Brady over Kellen Moore still. But, you know, I feel like it's close enough that you can't be like, oh, he, like, blows him out of the water. Plus, with the J.C. Horn injury, and I worry about the coverage abilities of some of their safeties, although Jeremy Chin has looked better. Going up against, you know, like Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb, and, you know, Dalton Schultz has looked pretty good as well. I'm sure Shaq Thompson could do a decent job on him. Plus, the running game of the Cowboys getting better. I don't know, man. I just feel like Dak is going to have a big day against his pass defense, especially coming off the horn injury. They're at home, five points, and I feel like this is a game a lot of us, no disrespect, but I just feel like it's a game that a lot of people are going to overthink because the Cowboys are the better team. So I'm locking up the Cowboys. This is my lock of the week. Yeah, I get it. I get where you're coming from, even if I disagree with you here. I don't think it's a stupid pick. Uh, Fifteen and a half points is the over-under on this one. I'll let you start it off on that one because I, I see uh, we got a double lock here. Yes, sir. We got a double lock up. I'm taking the over in this game. Um, you know, Sam Darnold has looked really good with Joe Brady. And, you know, I look at this 50 and a half. I do think this will be one of the higher scoring games of the year. Uh, Trayvon Diggs has turned into a, you know, outright star through the first three games this year and I actually liked him a bit as a prospect I look at uh you know as I brought up the Cowboys offense that I do think will kind of you know beat up on the Panthers injured secondary a little bit so I like the over here I think this could be one of the higher scoring games of the week yeah I'm with you here I'm taking the over I I think I think there's a scenario in which this becomes a lower scoring game. And I think that's a scenario in which the Panthers end up winning this game or pardon me. I think actually the Cowboys end up winning this game. Their defense has looked better and Sam Darnold has been beaten up some, not the best defenses necessarily, or at least not fully healthy with teams like uh, the saints. That being said, I do believe that, Joe Brady and Kellen Moore with some of the pieces they have in place there. I think two of the better wide receiver corps in the entire NFL. I think points are going to be coming, even if the defense has been a bit better. And I I think the defenses might be more, more um, turnover oriented this week than just stopping. So CMC out, seen a lot of passing, seen a lot of points. Next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Dolphins. Dolphins with a one and a half point edge in this one. Zach, who are you taking? I don't feel great about it. This is kind of a toss-up game. Um, Carson Wentz has looked not as bad as last year, but nothing special. Um, obviously, two is not playing here for the Dolphins. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'll lean Miami in this one. Uh, I'll pick them out right because it's such a small line that. Um, it's such a small line that I um, don't feel comfortable, you know, hedging it with, like, the Colts. I'm sorry. I probably worded that wrong. It's such a small line that I think the Dolphins will, you know, they'll just come out and the defense, I think, will be able to stop the Colts' offense rather easily. So I'll take Miami in this one. Yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins as well. I don't love it, especially with kind of unknown quarterback situation there a little bit right now. That being said, I just don't trust Carson Wentz against this defense. I think that the Dolphins, if I remember correctly, are the number one blitzing team. Carson Wentz likes to kind of hang on to the ball, make plays happen. Dolphins still have a tremendous quarterback group, especially for turnovers. Carson Wentz still likes to kind of throw into tight windows. I, I just, I don't necessarily love what I'm seeing as a match from a matchup perspective in this one. So I'll go, I'll go Dolphins in this one. 
Over under 43 and a half. What are you taking, Zach? I'm going to take the under here. Uh, we should have we should have added a uh, prop bet to this one. Uh, over under maybe like 15 times each quarterback gets sacked, given the offensive line issues that both these teams are dealing with. But um, yeah, I just I just don't I I think this is going to be one of the uglier games in the week. Like there's worse matchups between worse teams, but. I don't really trust either of these teams to score efficiently. I mean, the Dol- uh, the Dolphins are using Jalen Waddle like he's Jarvis Landry. Like the way they've been using him is actually like disgusting me. Like I I can't even watch that. I think he had like twelve catches for like what was it like sixty eight yards or something like that. Hey, I, yeah, if even I can't remember. I think it set a record for lowest yards for that many catches though. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I both the offenses are anemic. I'm just going to, um, uh, I'm taking the under unless I don't, I don't really like it. And yeah, I think I, I had this penciled in for the for the over. I'm I'm going to swap out. I'm actually switching over to under on this one. I don't know what I was thinking. I uh, I don't love it. I don't love either of the offenses. So even with this low of a line, I am taking the under as well. Next up, we have the Cleveland Browns visiting the Minnesota Vikings, who just demolished my Seahawks last week. Absolutely brutal. Browns favored by one and a half points on the road. Kind of the uh, mashup of the uh, student and the master in this one. Uh, similar coaching tree coming over here. Uh, maybe, maybe the better one got out of town. I don't know. Student may have become the master in this one. I'm taking the Browns in this one. I think the Vikings are a good team, actually. I do. I like them. That being said, I don't trust that offensive line against the wrecking crew that was the Cleveland Browns offensive line last week. And I think Kirk Cousins, if you give him time, he can play like the best quarterback in the NFL. We see it multiple times every year. He'll just go on runs. But if you don't, it's there's just something missing there from like that elite tier that work against everyone. That's just not quite there with cousins. I think this is going to be one of those weeks for him where we start to see some of the mistakes. I think they do have the pieces to shut down the running game. These two coaches are very familiar with one another. I'd rather have the offensive mind than the defensive mind in this particular matchup with just one and a half points. I'm taking the Browns in this one. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm with you 100%. I'm going to take the Browns one and a half on the road. Uh, I just look at this, and, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, you know, like as you alluded to, you actually stole my analogy, uh, student and master. I was going to bring that oh, up. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, both teams, um, I'm not sure if Dalvin Cook's playing. I mean, I believe he's on track to play. I could be wrong. But uh, a lot of people are going to bring up all the running games of both teams. I just like the ability of the Browns passing offense. And Kirk Cousins has looked good in the passing game too, but – I definitely trust the secondary on Cleveland more to be able to, you know, limit Kirk Cousins. You know, Kirk is usually do a stinker by now. And I do like Cousins as a pretty solid starting quarterback. But I just trust the Browns passing offense to score more than the Vikings. And I think Stefanski gets a win against his former boss. So I will take the Browns here um, over under for this game. It 52 is, and a half. It is 52 and a half. That is a humdinger of an over on there i'm probably going to take the under in this one uh might contradict myself but yeah i just feel like even though these teams might pass more than run or pass more than we expect them to do i feel like they're both going to try and play the uh position or the uh clock management battle i'm blanking on this word right now um <laughs> time of possession time of possession yeah the uh time of possession battle going for the top uh, yeah, a bunch of, you know, like 10 plus, you know, the top. Uh, go, um, what was I saying? Going for, you know, long drives, 10 plus play drives, stuff like that. And I just, I like the under. You know, these are two good teams, but I just don't really trust them to, you know, blow up the scoreboard. And I disagree. I think it is going to be a very high-scoring game. I think that regardless of the time of possession battle, I think this is going to be two very efficient offenses. And I do think we will see a turnover or two with uh, two coaches that know each other's tricks. So I'm going the over here. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game, maybe something along the lines of 31-24, 31-27. Like that. 
Moving on quickly, we've got your New York football giants going in for the Saints' first home game in New Orleans this year, I believe. Saints laying eight points against the Giants. The disrespect when they are down for your Giants. I'm taking the Giants here, man. I'm, I'm going with your team. Someone, someone's got to be the Giants' homer here. I just think, man, Jameis Winston, this Saints team, I, I don't know if I trust them to get eight points against a good defense back-to-back weeks. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to make rhyme or reason out of the Saints team. And I think Dan Jones is a good player. I think they've got the better receiving options on paper. I think that there's just too much uncertainty in New Orleans, even in what should be a highly emotional game for me to trust them to have an eight-point edge here. So I'm going Giants. Are you picking against your own team? First, let me say before I get into that, I 100% agree with you. Um, I Obviously, you know, we try and bet – I think we try and bet some of these in real life, or at least I do. Uh, I don't know if you do, Alex, but uh, Saints are a stay-away team for me. They are like the most bipolar team in the NFL. Uh, so, I mean, this seems like a good spot for the Giants, but that's the problem. Nothing good happens for the Giants. I mean, this is a perfect – this is a perfect trap game for a New Orleans team that is coming off a pretty decent victory. And, you know, the Giants, as you said, Daniel Jones looks good. Um, the defense is still really good. But I don't trust the Giants to score at all. The coaching is awful. I mean, the Giants have the toughest schedule in the NFL the rest of the way. I'll always love them, but, I mean, it's looking like a long year. And if they have trouble against the Saints, like I I said after the Falcons game, I actually believe it now. Um, we could see some sweeping changes. I really like the Saints in this game. I get where you're coming from. I just – a lot of uncertainty there. Uh, 43 and a half point over under. I'm going under on it. Uh, it's a low, low over under. I just – I don't really trust either offense to be able to push the ball down the field right now. So I think it's going to be a low scoring game, maybe something like uh 21, 17. So taking the under. Uh, I'll disagree with you here. I'll take the over. Uh, I know I brought up the giants offense, you know, stinking it up. I mean, hanging only 14 points against the uh, Falcons is just like, so disgusting. I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, but no, I, I do, Falcons I do feel like defense. I feel like you know playing in a dome it could help out. Uh, you know the Giants. They, I mean, they did have a good performance against the uh, Washington football team, and you know, like we said, Jameis he could have a complete stinker of a game. I don't know, man. I feel like garbage time could factor into this one a lot. Forty three and a half feels really low for two teams that don't have you know disgusting offensive talent on paper. I mean, Darius Lane will probably be out. Sterling Shepard's a game-time decision, but I don't know. I like the over in this game. All right, moving on. We have the Tennessee Titans at the Jets, who have been arguably the worst team in football so far this year. Titans, seven-and-a-half-point edge. Zach, you going Titans or are you uh, staying in town taking the Jets? Yeah, I mean, in terms of this line, uh, I feel like we should just, you know, I, I don't think either of us are taking the Jets in this one. Seven and a half feels kind of disrespectful. I get Tennessee's on the road, and they haven't looked all that great despite being two and one. But the Jets, I mean, I, I just don't see how it gets better. I mean, they've Zach Wilson has gone against the Patriots defense. Then last week he had to go against the Broncos secondary, and I get Tennessee is a little bit easier, but still, I mean, they got a pretty juicy pass rush with Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, all those guys, and I do like some of the guys that Tennessee has in their secondary. Christian Fulton was excellent uh, two weeks ago against DK Metcalf, and I like Kevin Byard still, Elijah Molden, your defensive rookie of the year pick, Alex, if I'm <laughs> not mistaken, you homer. But anyway, um, no, nah, yeah, I mean, seven and a half, that's way too low. I don't care if they're playing in, I don't, I don't even know. 
The Empire State Building. That's a terrible analogy. But regardless, small, the Jets... Very small yes, field in the Empire State small Building. Very small field, yeah. And the Jets would still struggle to score a touchdown. So I will take the Titans here. I'm, I'm taking the Titans as well. I don't feel quite as confident as you do. Jets playing at home. I think Salah's coached up the defense. I think the defense is actually solid. They definitely have a better defensive unit for me right now. Harold Landry, I'm not super impressed with. He went from being top five in get off to not even top 25 right now uh, with his switch over to Tennessee. I don't like their defense that much at all. I like some of their some of their pieces on the secondary, like you said, but there's no cohesion yet. That being said, I mean, it's just such an offensive mismatch with the Titans offense with guys like Julio. A.J. Brown might be out, hasn't played well when he's played so far yet this year. Julio Jones also. Is he out? I don't think he's out, but I'm pretty sure he's questionable. Well, he's always questionable. He'll play. But uh, <laughs> Julio Jones and, uh, you know, Derrick Henry, a lot of pieces there. I, I think that it's going to be a Titans victory. So I don't want to get cute betting the Jets for points on this one. Over-under is 46. I am taking the over. Probably gets my own advice here. I just think that some way or another, it seems like the Titans always wind up going with the over, whether they choke defensively or whether they end up just pouring on second half points. So going over when it's as low as 46, what do I use, Zach? I'm still going to go under here until I see some, as you alluded to, cohesion within this Jets offense. I really don't see them scoring more than 10 points in a game, and I get the Titans' defense is a little easier than the ones they had played in recent weeks. But, yeah, I mean – Unless I'm seeing like Tennessee just completely like go off against this Jets team, I'll take the under here. I feel pretty comfortable with that. But moving on, because I know we got to speed things up a little bit. I know me and Alex ramble a little bit. We got the Kansas City Chiefs one and two, the last place Kansas City Chiefs. As we all expected. As we all expected, 100%. uh, Andy Reid washed, as is Patrick Mahomes. Going against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly, the Chiefs are still favored. Same line as the previous game. The Chiefs, the away team, favored by seven and a half. Where are you going with this, Alex? This is my lock of the week. I'm taking the Chiefs here. I don't think the Eagles are a bad team, but I honestly think not having Brandon Graham available for this game is a, or potentially for the rest of his career as a nasty injury is yeah. a huge negative for them. Their defense did look different without him, I think. He's just one of, been one consistently best players at getting pressure quickly, and that's what you have to do against Patrick Mahomes. You let him pick you apart, he will do it. I don't know if the Eagles really have the pieces to hang with a team like the Chiefs right now. So uh, I, just, I just think seven and a half points is less than I expect this matchup, even on the road. So I love the Chiefs here as a bounce back. I think Andrew, Andy Reid gets his revenge against a team that uh, parted ways with him after, I believe, four consecutive NFC Championship games. So, yeah, I love the Chiefs this week. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, this would have been my lock of the week if you hadn't picked it. I'm not trying to pick the same ones as you because, you know, feels like it's a little boring, but I still feel good about that Cowboys uh, matchup. But regardless, yeah, the Chiefs. I mean, this is a prime bounce back uh, situation for them. I, I, I think they'll come out, you know, and just bully the hell out of Philadelphia. So, yeah, moving on, we have the over-under. Or before that, oh, yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say the (laughs) over-under. I thought you were skipping the next week. Oh, no. Yeah, over-under. It's uh, 54 and a half, largest one of the week, or tied for the largest one, my apologies, with the Cardinals-Rams game that we're getting to in a little bit. I'm actually going to take the under in this one. And now that I'm looking at it, I don't feel great about it. Um, I guess it's just that, I overthink these a lot, man. Like, if I'm being honest with you and the listeners, like, I'm like, the Chiefs are going to kick their ass. But, I mean, this could be, like, a 37 to, like, 14 win for the Chiefs. And, like, that'll still be the under. So, I just – Philly's defense has played respectably enough, respectably good enough. I mean, not even really. I don't know. I'm going to stick with the under in this just because it's so freaking big. (laughs) And I'm not. I'm going over, and I feel very good about the over. I think we've got an explosive team, and I think we've got a guy who knows this Chiefs defense very well in uh, their offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen, who 
really honestly showed out pretty well against him. Maybe it was a different team last year in San Diego, or pardon me, in L.A. for the Chargers. So I'm going with the over on this one. Uh, my Seattle Seahawks going to visit the 49ers. 49ers have a three-point edge at home. I'm going Seahawks. I just, for whatever reason, and for all the shit that Pete Carroll gets, he has seemed to have the number of Shanahan time after time after time after time. And I think it just continues here. I think it's a bit of a coin flip of a game. I, I think the 49ers could easily win the game. I just think that especially down to a one and two record off some kind of tough losses. The Seahawks have just always rebounded well when we had the Pete Carroll-Russell Wilson combination here from games like that. It's hard for me to get, go against my home team here. Yeah, I'm a hundred. Uh, I, to be completely honest with you, man, I was going to take this. This was another option for lock of the week for me. I love the Seahawks in this game. And, you know, if you look at the recent history between the Seahawks and 49ers, the 49ers have not beat the Seahawks at home since, I believe, December 8th of 2013. So almost nine, Good Lord. almost eight years ago. Yeah. Um, Actually, my apologies. They've only beaten them once, but their only win was an overtime field goal that won them the game. So, I mean, they don't. it's not really the best history. I don't really like using that. But still, uh, it's hard to see the Seahawks going to one and three. And I look at this 49ers team and, you know, Jimmy G, he's looked rather mediocre. And I get the Seahawks secondary isn't really like anything to be worried about whatsoever, but. I really I I like the uh, I like Seattle in this game. I like your team, man. I think they'll bounce back big. Love to hear it. Fifty-two point over under. I'm going under on it. I, I just I've been every single game so far this year, but absolutely so impressed with Shane Waldron's first half play calling, and so confused with his second half play calling. I mean, three weeks in a row. I come out like, oh, Shane Walton's the real deal. He's going to be a head coach next year. And then the second half happened. I'm just like, oh, what the fuck's that? So it's, especially with a team like Seattle, who's been very adept at stopping Shanahan for whatever reason so far, and they've only gotten fast this year. Maybe Jordan Brooks being out will be a huge net negative for them. I don't know. But Bobby Wagner's still there. Jamal Adams is still there. Uh, it's tough for me to go with the over on this one. So I'm, I'm taking under. No, I agree with you a lot on what you said, and I do think it's because uh, 49ers, they have some injuries at running back. Trey Sermon has not looked uh, very impressive, unfortunately, for them. I did kind of like that pick. Or I didn't like them taking a running back, but I did like Sermon as a prospect. But Elijah Mitchell, like Mitchell. I'm not sure. Yeah, I do My like running Mitchell back six in the class, by the way. Let's go. going to need to uh, see the proof for that one. Uh, feels I like got it. Day. I've got that. Okay. I've got, I've got a timestamp proof on that. We will uh, we will check it out at some point, but uh, no, nah, I, I like the under in this game. I just feel like a lot of both teams are going to utilize the running games a lot. Use uh, try and play the time of possession battle. There's going to be a lot of you know, the, the passing. I feel the most efficiently will come from the Seattle side, but at the end, 52 feels a little big, so I'm going to go with the under in this one. And our next game that we have is probably my favorite game of the week. I understand we have uh the return of Tom Brady, which is coming up soon, but probably the most exciting game, in my opinion, two undefeated teams, the Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams, NFC West showdown, two of Alex's favorite teams. The Rams are favored by five and a half. And I think I'm going to take the Cardinals here. Now I'm not sure if the Cardinals are going to win this game outright, but I look at this game and I I feel like it's going to be close, man. Like, I really do. Like, I think this is going to be the highest scoring game of the week. You know, I feel like sometimes we look at these games and we're like, oh, you know, this is going to be like a 45 to 42 victory for Team A over Team B. And, like, sometimes it doesn't pan out. I really do think these teams are going to completely ball out, um, kind of hinting towards my pick of over-under, but we'll get to that. But, yeah, I mean, two high-powered passing offenses. These, honestly, through the first three weeks of the year, look like Stafford and Murray might be one and two in MVP so far. I would probably say Matthew Stafford's my MVP through the first three weeks, but 
Regardless, I'm going to take the Cardinals here. I think it's going to be a game that comes down to the wire, and if it's by a touchdown, oh well. Just room for a close game. And I had the same thing written down. I'm switching it up live time. I'm going with the Rams here. I I did have the Cardinals written down just because it felt like a bit of a coin flip. I don't think the Rams have a huge home field advantage, and I I do think they're equivalently talented rosters. That being said, it's just going to come down. I think in games like this, it comes down to coaching. And again, we kind of saw some questionable stuff from Kingsbury last week against a team like the Jags. So I just think McVay is so much better of a coach in those important coaching moments. And the roster is so even that I do want to take the Rams here who have looked like maybe the best team in the NFL on paper so far this year. So live lifetime switch here at home, switch it up. I, I think it's safe to say we both think this is going to be the over. I don't think we have to go too deep on this. Yeah, I mean, us picking the over, I mean, personally for me, it's kind of like, it's not only what I believe, it's kind of like what I want to happen because I just want to see both these quarterbacks ball out and these teams look excellent. But I absolutely yeah. do too. Ravens at the Broncos. This is one of the weirder picks of the week for me personally. One and a half point edge for the Broncos. A little bit surprising here. Teddy Bridgewater has them... I believe three and O going through the first three weeks. I'm taking the Ravens here. I think that Vic Fangio is one of the best defensive minds in football. I think that defense is playing like they are one of the best units. Teddy Bridgewater has looked more efficient than he did last year in Carolina. That being said, I just don't think this is a defense that is built to stop this Ravens attack. I think they are built to stop what they have in their same division in the Chiefs. They are going there to prevent really the big downfield vertical plays. I don't think that's the Ravens game. I think they want to just win on the edge of getting the margin in the run game and then some easy to draw passes that is basically Lamar Jackson's legs steaming up some people into space, putting linebackers in conflict. I, I think that you've got to be a little bit nervous every time you've got a team going to Denver at home. It is one of the bigger home field advantages that there is. And especially for a team that wants to run hard like the Ravens do. That being said, it just comes down for me, Lamar Jackson versus Teddy Bridgewater. You know who I'm taking on this one. So going with the Ravens on it. What do you think, Zach? I'm going to disagree with you here, man. I like the Broncos at home a lot in this game. I really do. I'm probably going to pick them out right as well. Really big fan of Denver. I mean, it seems well, crazy. Well, you have to. Like they're, they're favorites. Team. Oh, they are favorites. Sorry yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is kind of – see, that is crazy, and you did allude to that. Like, it is kind of crazy how they're favored. But, I mean, it makes sense. You brought it up, the home field advantage. And the way I look at this game is, like, yes, the Ravens' offense is very predictable, but it's also incredibly hard to stop. But I also feel like Vic Fangio is one of the best defensive play callers, schemers in the NFL – and being at mile high, you know, I don't think it'll be a pretty win. But I think I also feel like Baltimore coming off a super emotional. That Justin Tucker field goal was, I went nuts when I saw that live, man. I mean, that was just insane. Back to back. Back to back just, wild ones. Just absolutely insane. But, um, no, but yeah, I mean, I like the Broncos in this game. I think Teddy Bridgewater is playing good ball. Um, I do think. Uh, Pat Shermer has been calling, you know, just an excellent offense for this team so far. And it's kind of crazy uh, not to go off on a tangent here, but the Giants are so bad that they actually have been missing Pat Shermer a little bit as an offensive play caller. <laughs> he made Daniel Jones look pretty good. But yeah, I, I this is probably my upset pick of the week. I'm going to go with the Broncos favored at home. Again, not an upset, but... <laughs> It's an upset. I mean, favorite for, pick of the throw, week. Yeah, not my pick because it's <laughs> on my lock. It's a pick that I feel. It's a pick that I feel like is not favored by the public that I like the most. There we go. That has a good ring to it. You heard it here first. Zach Dietz, the first podcast co-host to ever pick a favorite as his underdog pick of the week. Let's go. 44-point over-under. I'm taking the under on it. I think they're two good defenses, and I think that's going to make both teams a little bit slow to score on this one. I I think the Ravens, you never know what you're going to get from an offensive standpoint, but 
it's tough for me to envision the Broncos just scoring a tremendous amount on this Ravens defense. And it's a little bit tough to imagine the Ravens scoring quickly on this Broncos defense. So I'm taking the under here. Zach, what are you taking? Yeah, I was going to make fun of you for uh, switching your pick earlier. I may have lived time. I'm sorry about that. I just switched mine. I was going on. I was going over, but I switched mine to the under in this game. Um, I feel like if Denver does win this game, it'll be, a, like I said, not a pretty offensive showing. Like, I think it could be competent, but I've envisioned like a 23-17 victory. Uh, both defenses play well, but at the end of the day, uh, that home field advantage and the good defensive play calling by Vic Fangio gets the job done. So I will take the under here. And we are moving on now. We're going to... The Pittsburgh Steelers, and they are going all the way to Green Bay, Wisconsin, to take on Aaron Rodgers and his awful haircut and the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are favored by a full touchdown, seven points in this game. Alex, where is your heart leaning? My heart is leaning with the Packers, but with the seven-point line against this Steelers team, I'm actually going to take the Steelers here. I don't feel tremendous about it, but it's just for me, this Steelers defensive line and just pass rush against a Packers offensive line that hasn't been up to his usual standard so far this year. I I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers, and I think that's where you start to see the games where he starts to struggle a little bit. Uh, I think Carl Dunbar, the uh, Pittsburgh defensive line coach, is one of the most unsung heroes in the NFL. If you look at uh, probably for me, the most important defensive line stat get off times, every single person in Pittsburgh that gets significant staff winds up top 10. And then when they leave, they do not wind up top 10 to get off time. He coaches guys up quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to put a tremendous amount of stress on this Packers offensive line. So while I do think the Packers will win the game, I don't feel super confident in that. And seven points is too much for me. I am taking the Steelers. Zach, I see you disagree with me. Why are why are you wrong? <laughs> um, well, don't really respect that. Sorry, I'm looking at some injury news because the way I look at it is, is that there's a chance we are like we can miss one of the best matchups in this game. And it's not Aaron Rodgers against the Steelers defense. It's TJ Watt going up against Elgin Jenkins, who's developed into yeah. you know, like it's like going – it's like another Bakhtiari for them. I mean, he's been excellent. Both guys missed last week. Um, I'm not sure. It looks like TJ Limited – TJ Limited. TJ Watt has been limited. TJ Unlimited. In, yes, TJ Unlimited. Uh, no, nah, but Watt's <laughs> been limited in practice. I was trying to see anything on Jenkins. I don't know if you could look that up super quickly for me. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to be playing this week, but – Regardless, I still I just trust this Packers offense way more than the Steelers. And I understand the Packers secondary hasn't been playing all that great outside of Jair Alexander. Although I do like Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes has looked pretty solid through the first three games of his NFL career. Um, Pittsburgh, it's just really sad to see them, you know, move the ball and stuff. And I don't see that changing a lot this week. I'll keep it simple. I'm going to go with the Packers here. Yep, over-under, 45.5. I'm taking the under here just because I think that the defensive fronts are going to cause a lot of issues, and I don't trust Steelers' offense at all. Zach, looks like you're going over. Yeah, I'm going to go with the over in this game. Um, Yeah, I mean, 45 and a half, it feels a little low. Um, Steelers' offense, it's pretty ugly to watch, but I do feel like they would put up the requisite amount of points with – You know, I think Najee Harris could have a pretty big game against a mediocre run defense and finally a big game for him, given all the volumes he's got. Maybe not 14 catches, but uh, yeah, I feel like the Packers will win pretty handily, but the game itself should be rather, you know, high scoring. 45 and a half feels a little low for me, but our penultimate game, Sunday Night Football, what everyone's looking forward to, could very well be the most watched game regular season game in NFL history. We have Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom's going home. Might as well play that um 
I don't even know who sings that song. What is that? P. Diddy? Like, I'm coming. Nah, that's not him. It might be, actually. The I'm coming home. I'm not trying to sing on here. I'm a terrible singer. He's going to New England. And the Bucks are favored on the road, as they should, by six and a half. I'm going to go with the Bucks here. Um, I just feel like that offense is too potent uh, for this Patriots defense. That has looked pretty good. Uh, hopefully some of the... Hopefully the secondary plays well for New England. Um, you know, they had some struggles, but the defensive line could go up against the Bucks offensive line that's played pretty well this year. I mean, they were arguably the best offensive line last year, and I do think Tom Brady goes into Foxborough, and he plays like a man possessed. I really do believe that. It sounds cliche to say, but I really do think he's going to have a big game. I'm comfortably taking the Bucks here. I'm taking the Bucks as well. Not super comfortably. I, I think that there's a lot on the line for the legacy of both people. I do think that Bill Belichick is probably the one person who knows how to stop Brady better than anybody else. I assume. I don't know. Maybe vice versa. But I just think the roster are too lopsided. I'm taking the Bucks here. 49 is the over-under. Fairly high for a Bill Belichick defense. Rick Sherman just signed to Tampa, so that's going to solve all their problems immediately. Week one. We'll not need any time to get ready. But I'm taking the over here. I just – I think that Mac Jones is well-suited to kind of pick apart a kind of soft zone defense in Tampa. And I also think that Tom Brady is going to want to destroy the soul of this Patriots defense just to prove a point. So I'm taking the over here. I'm going to take the under here. Uh, 49, I mean, it's pretty tough. I could go either way on this. I'm kind of debating it as we speak. But – you know, I feel like both teams' defenses can limit each other enough that it's not a super high-scoring game. Uh, Bucks secondary, I don't believe Rich. I know you were probably joking before, but I don't think Sherman's going to play this week. He said he wasn't going to play. I was joking, yes. But, uh, okay, yeah. I figured. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you look like an idiot. But anyway. Um, How yeah, dare you? I mean, I mean, 49 just feels a little bit high to me. I'm teetering on it. It'll probably wind up being over. It'll be another picnic. You know what? I'll be going 500 for the week, and this will be the one that, you know, just knocks me off. So I'm going to go. Um, I'll take the under here. Raiders at the Chargers. Chargers hanging three and a half points. I believe Chargers are, uh, in terms of opponent-adjusted efficiency, 29th most efficient defense. A bit surprising for a Brandon Staley team with the pieces they have. That being said, I'm taking the Chargers here. I just think that what Brandon Saley wants to do defensively is the perfect thing to be going against what the Raiders have been doing offensively. So I think it's just going to be a tough matchup. Derek Carr's looked awesome. John Gruden's looked awesome. Henry Ruggs is finally being used correctly. Darren Waller, we all know, is a stud. That being said, I think that Derwin James is the right guy to be covering Darren Waller. I think that they have the pieces there to stop Ruggs, what he's going to do. I think that Derek Carr, when he starts to struggle pushing the ball deep, starts to want to kind of get hyper-efficient and slow down that offense a little bit. We don't necessarily have a healthy Josh Jacobs back. So I'm going charged in this one. And I think Staley, I mean, it's going to be a battle of potential head coach of the year here. So I prefer Staley in that matchup personally. Looks like you agree with me. No, yeah, I do agree with you here. Uh, this game is kind of similar to me to the uh, Panthers-Cowboys game. I really like the Chargers here. And that's no disrespect to uh, Carolina nor Las Vegas. Uh, I just feel like those teams, 3-0, they're not, like, these aren't going to be 12-win teams at the end of the year. Uh, they're going to have to find a loss somewhere. They're both going against good teams this week. And like what you brought up, Derwin James is a good eraser for Darren Waller. And, you know, I just trust Justin Herbert at home. I understand, like, the home field advantage won't be that big for them. But, you know, I just trust him more than Derek Carr, despite Derek Carr's good – or I do trust him more than Derek Carr. My apologies. Uh, trust him more to uh, outscore this Raiders defense that, while they have played better, I'm still not fully bought in to them yet. So I'll take the Chargers here. The over-under in this game is 52-and-a-half. Looks like we agree here. I personally am going to take the under. Uh Feels pretty big and, you know, feel like both defenses will be able to make a play that could prevent the other team from scoring. I do feel like there could be a sneaky amount of turnovers in this game. So I am going to go with the under here. 
I'm going under as well. Again, talking a lot about defensive line, get-off times, but both Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe, top five in get-off. I think that they're going to put some issues on a charge offensive line. been playing better than they usually do. And I do think that there's going to be turnovers in this game. I think that uh, Justin Herbert definitely tries to ball out when he gets pressured, which I do think he will try to do, and that can lead to some risk. And I similarly think that Carr is going to have some struggles trying to push the ball vertically against this Chargers defense. So we agree on this game all the way through. Zach, bounce back. Let's go. Bounce back time. Next Thursday, we'll be talking about our victorious week four picks. Always good talking to you. You can find Zach, the hero of the podcast, at NFL underscore Deets. You can find me at Juicy underscore Jensen. And we'll be back next Monday with the new episode of the podcast, potentially featuring our first guest. Zach, it's a pleasure as always. Absolutely, man. Love doing these pods with you. And yeah, time for me to not look like an idiot, hopefully. (laughs) Imagine. 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 And enjoy the football tonight as we will be releasing this on Thursday. I'm all yours. Not for the money, and it's not for the applause. Uh, no, uh, it's for the noise, please. Sex, sex, sex.